You're listening to the Wanderlust Swingers Podcast with Aussie hosts Kate and Daryl. If you're curious about exploring your sexuality or the swinging, hot wifing and non-monogamous lifestyle, you've definitely come to the right podcast. Or maybe you just love travel adventures. Either way, we share our personal, sometimes juicy, sexy stories as well as swingers club and event reviews, interviews with other sassy people and of course our global swinging adventures. We try to bring you a look into the diverse lifestyle that the swinging and non-monogamous community has. We hope you enjoy. Now let's get into the episode. G'day everyone and welcome to a bonus episode of the Wanderlust Swingers podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about adult content creation. We're going to interview the head of content for Sin Party, a fetish creator, and talk about all the ins and outs of adult content creation in 2023. Later in the episode, I'm also going to share my personal experiences creating adult content, where you can find me and my secret new podcast and raunchy stories. So get ready for that. As more people consider content creation within the sex positive and certainly even within the life lifestyle space, we felt it was necessary to start the conversation. In 2022, if you were joining us then, we had the opportunity to interview Pineapple Support, which is a not-for-profit organization assisting with the mental health of online sex workers. We also interviewed a lawyer who specializes in support for sex workers, including legal collaboration paperwork, which is really, really important. And today we're going to be talking directly to a hosting site. So I hope that you find this information useful, insightful, hopefully definitely entertaining. So sit back, relax, and let's kick it off with Joe from Sin Party. Welcome to the episode, Joe. Hi, thank you very much for having me here. Now, whereabouts are you located? Just to give people an insight into the fact that it's really rainy, really cold, snowing in lots of the parts of the world at the moment, and you are where in some tropical, fantastic location, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm buried somewhere in the heart of Southeast Asia, but it is rainy season, so hopefully people don't feel too bad about that. It's all cold and rainy, but all late in the evenings and sunny in the afternoons, and I'm kind of hopping all around the world at the moment. Yeah. So you've been living that kind of that freelance uh, kind of nomad lifestyle for a couple of years now, haven't you, Joe? Yeah. I've been about 11 years, 2011, 12 years since I left the UK and started hopping around Australia, so Southeast Asia, a little bit of Europe. It's kind of one of the things that I love about working with Simpart. We're like a completely distributed team. I think we've got six of the habitable continents covered with our team, which is really cool. Um, yeah, we all kind of bounce around and hit up different parts of the world. Right. So you became kind of the the freelancer, global trendsetter before it was even trendy. So, the, you know, 11 years ago, the rest of us got to catch up. We're, we're doing our best, Joe, but, you know, you're obviously you're setting <laughs> the trends. Before we start talking really a lot about Sin Party and, and really digging into some of that adult content creation and some tips and, you know, why the service is there. Are you actually an adult content creator yourself? Just to give some people that are listening, like, oh, is Joe actually creating content? Like, what sort of interactions do you have, if any, with content creation? Personally, I've never created content myself. I get offered a lot whenever people find out that I work, like, I'm, I'm sex work adjacent. Say, like, oh, can we make content? Like, okay, I don't think I want my co-workers to, like, oh, I recognize that tattoo. And, like, to see, like, my ass bounce on the screen with all my tattoos or something I have considered it in the past I have like confidence issues with putting myself out there and I'm very sex positive and I've got a lot of friends who do create content I've got relationships with content creators on the site it's not something that I've got past that mental block of being able to do because I think it does you'll know yourself it takes a hell of a lot of confidence to be able to do this type of thing yeah exactly and you heard it here everybody I mean sex 
work, online sex work is not, it's not an easy thing, right? And yes, a lot of the people that do it can struggle with confidence issues and, and it can be really hard putting yourself out there day to day. So I love the fact that you're sex worker adjacent, that you're sex worker positive, but you yourself are like, yeah, I mean, it's great for the people that are doing it, but I'm not, you know, able to do that sort of thing. So that's really great. But you do write sexy blogs though, Joe. I know that for a fact. You're actually quite great at writing sexy blogs and helpful information. How did all that come about? That kind of mainly started again with working with Simparty. It was my first role in the company was running the blog. I've always been a writer and creative with words. So yeah, I got bought on to, I started writing the bios for some of the creators and then I yeah, ended up uh, writing the erotica. And I built a team around me as well. So we, obviously sex and kink and all the different things that we enjoy, you can't just have one person's perspective in that. So we built a team of queer people, straight people, people uh, from all around the world. We have people who are Asian, European and African writing on the uh, writing the erotica for us. Just to kind of give all those different perspectives, because yeah, I don't think everybody wants to know what's going on just in my head. So yeah, the erotica is like this really cool part of the blog that we have going. And then the blog, which is like helping creators, I get a lot of input from our creators. So if I'm writing about how to do jerk off instructions or how what's the trends in gay porn, I'll reach out to our creators. Like, can you tell us what are you noticing in the content that you're making? And I did that with one of our the trends in gay porn blog that we did recently i kind of look look to work with our creators to get their insights and put them into the blog as well which is really fun now you've actually mentioned a lot of what we're going to talk about in there which is kind of i guess one of the reasons why sin party was created so let's just jump straight into sin party because i think that's a really great great transfer into this but in a nutshell if you're going to give us an elevator pitch what is sin party where does the name come from what's the site all about so sin party is a sex positive gender inclusive spicy content creator site so whether you are deep into fetishes and bdsm or whether you just sell feet pictures online whatever your kink sim party is going to welcome you here so sim party was like a very business-led decision uh, we wanted a name that we could get the .com for so that's where it came from and obviously we've ran with it with the branding it's all about having fun it's all about expressing yourself it's all about doing those things that might be a little bit too edgy for other sites a little bit too extreme for some of the more mainstream content creator sites you can come in you can put your sin and you can have your fun here at sim party that's kind of what we're all about. Now, I know you might think that is a bit nerdy. You said business focused, you know, getting the .com, but it's out there and it's a really good reminder to people considering content creation that before you pick your name, you really should go and check the different social media sites to make sure that name is available and check that the .com is available because you're always going to want to set up your own site, even if it's just a redirect to your content creator site, but you want to grab that. So although it might be a bit businessy, Joe, it, it's a good reminder to do all of those things before you pick your name and go go live with it because at that point it's very very difficult to change right so and if those social media tags are gone you know you need that handle so really good reminder to do all of those things now you mentioned some fetish content and things of that nature so what kind of content are people creating on sin party is it only nude is it only very very explicit content is it not explicit at all you mentioned kind of feet fetish and later in the episode we are definitely interviewing a foot fetish content creator which is going to be great but what's the average or the kind of content you see on sin party 
everything? We get a little bit of everything. I think the same with many of the creator sites. There's a big focus on FinDom and FanDom, which is kind of where this space sits. There's a lot of people who want to be able to spend money on women and get told to spend money on women and men. But we do have a little bit of everything. We do have fetish creators. We have kink content. We do have people who do BDSM. We have a couple of creators who do ABDL. We got creators who do wedgies and sneezing content. Like everything is welcome. And there's an audience for everything at Sim Party as well. You can bring your audience from your social media, from your other creator sites. We have traffic that we have millions of visitors to the site every month. So everything is welcome. If you don't want to show your face, you're welcome. If you, like I said, just want to sell feet pictures or you just want to do jerk off instructions and never get your boobs out even, anything is welcome. There's an audience for everything. One of my questions, I'm going to put you in the hot seat here, Joe. There are a number of adult content creation sites or facilities or processing where people can put their content and, and publish it out to a greater audience. So the hot seat today really is why create another site? Why to go to all of this trouble when there's some mega players out? there already to create a site for people to publish their content what was the intention there when you look at the other sites that are out there they're not creator focused they expect you to find your own audience they expect you to bring your own traffic and they will shut you down and cut you out as quickly as anything they'll drop you like a hot potato if they see something that they might not like or they think is maybe too extreme we want to be here for creators like a site success is all about the people who use the site and the creators are the people who we want to work with. So we sit down and we talk to our creators, we listen to what they want, we add features for them. So yeah, we are all about making the creator experience as good as possible. And when creators love what we do, they're going to start using us. That's the plan. So yeah, we wanted to do something that was very business focused. We see our creators as business people and we're like a B2B platform as well as being the B2B, like business to business as well as business to customer, finding their buyers. We want to make SimParty a place where people can come and do business and can come and work with us. I think that's what sets us apart. Right. And you talked about being inclusive there. So I guess my, my next kind of partial question on the hot seat then is what type of content do you allow that might be a little bit more extreme or perhaps what type of content might you block? I know you've got a moderation team there, surely that are looking through everything and making sure everything's above board. And of course, we understand that there's going to be some legal sides to this as well. You know, we don't want anybody underage. Of course, we understand all of that. But is there any kind of fetish stuff? that you are more prone to allowing that maybe some of the other sites just don't? We do welcome kink content creators. One of uh, some of our most successful creators at the moment are in the P and urethra play realm. That's obviously a very, very niche kink, but we welcome anyone. So obviously we do have to be careful about issues with payment processes. Anybody who knows about the industry knows that payment processes is kind of where the issue comes from when it comes to content moderation. It has to be what Visa and MasterCard will allow you to process payments for. We have a policy where as long as you're kinkier, more extreme stuff that you might want to do is behind a paywall and is well labeled. It means that no one's going to come across it and find it by accident. So 
you can do stuff like pee play, like restraints, that type of thing that might not be as welcome elsewhere. And we're really committed to working with our creators on the types of like extreme content that they might make. So if we spot something that's maybe a break is on the edge of being acceptable, we're not just going to pull your profile down. We're not just going to take the video down. We're going to get in touch with you. We're going to talk about it. We're going to see where the boundaries might be with the type of content that you make. Not to say that you have to be king and extreme and pushing the boundaries to be on sim party you can be selling feet pictures you can be playing with yourself in the dildo and selling that type of content whatever you want to do is welcome if you want to try and push the boundaries we're going to work with you to see where the limits are and could people maybe out there because you mentioned before if they've already got a platform and if they've maybe shared some content that might be sort of you know navigating towards the gray area you would be chatting to them but if i'm out there listening right now and i do create specific kink content let's call it bdsm it could be even suspended content for you know argument's sake and I reached out and I reached out to your team and I said Joe I do this type of content can I publish on your site is there any way that you could give me assurances for that or maybe say to me yes but like you said before here's how you would do it xyz set it up behind this kind of paywall yep definitely if somebody's interested whether you've made content before or whether you're thinking about making content like that you can probably the best way to get in touch with us is through twitter we have the sim party life as our main profile get in touch with us we can set up a call with our moderation team even if you really want to get into the details we're very open to sitting down and talking through these types of situations like case by case so yeah we've got people who will sit down and go through whether you want to send samples of your content whether you just want to talk about i've got an idea for this is it going to work like we're open to listen to we're, and we'll work with you about what's going to be able to be uh, published on sim party right so we've kind of spoken about what sim party is I, i've put you on the hot seat and asked why you've created a new site and i guess what i want to know next is really what's in it for me kind of style so when content creators are coming on sites of course we are focused on things like commissionable payouts like what how much percentage are you going to take from me when i sell something that's obviously something we need to take into consideration. We're interested in how often we can be paid out, in what methods we can be paid out. You know, I mean, really it comes down to, look, if I'm going to sell my products on your site, how, when am I going to get paid? You know, those are some of the big ones that I guess I always look at when I'm when I'm thinking about selling anything, even if I'm selling tickets to one of our events. You know, I want to know, well, how much are you guys going to take? How much do I get back? So what does that look like with Sin Party? How do you work all of those things? The business stuff is what people want to know. And yeah, just said we're a B2B platform. So yeah, we we do standard payout is 80% to creators, 20% to the platform. We do have at the moment an offer of when you join Sim Party, you will get a 0% commission for three months. That starts from when you make your first sale. So if you want to get on the platform and spend a couple of weeks uploading content, building some followers, getting a feel for the place, only when you make your first sale are we going to kick that 0% for three months in, which gives you a chance to build your profile and to start getting your income developed. The payouts, we offer payouts is a wire transfer, which can go globally. We pay out to any country in the world with wire transfer. We also do Paxum and we also offer crypto payouts in either Bitcoin or Ethereum. With Paxum and crypto, you can get paid out when your balance is $20. With wire transfer, you can get paid out when your balance is $100 or more. And you can cash out whenever you've got the available balance and you're able to cash out. Right. So what you're saying is once you join the site, so when we say naught, naught commission, what we mean is that if you make a sale today and you sell something for 10 bucks, you're going to get the 10 bucks in your account for the first three months once you first sell something. Exactly. Right. Okay. Well, that's a good incentive, I guess, for people to start joining. But what else does Sin 
Green Party offer? So if you're going to give some maybe gold star advice out there to somebody who is either thinking about becoming a content creator or maybe is an existing content creator, what kind of advice would you give to somebody on how to maybe sell their content out there, how to be a little bit more prevalent on things like social media? Do you have any kind of gold star advice for content creators? The big tip I would give for promotions would be to get your social media going before you start selling content. Try and build up your audience so you build them up, for example, using hashtags, looking what people are searching for, what language people are looking for when it comes to the content that you want to make. But then start posting images and some videos. Don't give the whole game away and get your followers interested in asking to see more before you have your platform for people to go and buy. If you've got people asking, you know you've got buyers ready to go. So you want to kind of want to give them that FOMO, that fear of missing out, like this person's posting hot pictures, where can I go and find more? Get them to ask you so you know they know where to come and find your content. That's probably the best way to get started build your audience before you start selling to them. That's a good point too, because I, I also agree with the whole don't give the game away. And it is sometimes difficult as as a creator on a personal level, when I see other creators that are really, you know, giving the game away in terms of sharing a lot of content on, you know, Instagram and Twitter and stuff that I would generally put behind a paywall. And I think, oh my God, do I have to share my boobs? Do I have to share my nipples? Like all that has to be out there for them to be enticed to come in. And it's not the case. I mean, you can absolutely do that if you want to, but in my experience, people are going to come if they're interested like don't compare yourself against somebody else obviously there's lots of different styles interests out there and so you know you can absolutely go on social media and not show your naked self in order to entice people over to get that content behind a paywall and speaking of paywalls again i mean i i am a content creator so i know a lot about how things i guess work in the back end and what i generally tend to do with things like uh, as we call it ppv or pay-per-view i know the difference between a subscription site versus a free site and videos versus photos and all of those types of things. So can you maybe give us a, an insight into the profiles you can currently set up on um, SimParty and maybe something that's coming if you've got any updates that are coming in the next sort of month or two? So with SimParty, we've actually just revamped the way our creators' profiles look now to make it a little bit easier for your users, your followers, your potential buyers to navigate what they see. So at SimParty, you can host free videos, which we'd recommend like teasers and trailers. These are the things that you want people to see a little bit of what you do let them get to know your personality but not give the whole game away as we've just said we also then have your premium content which is where your subscribers get to unlock they pay a monthly subscription and they get to see every post you make it's like a social media feed and then we have ppvs as you mentioned pay-per-views these are like your like 30 40 minute epic videos they can be a lot shorter as well but this is like the premium stuff that people pay extra to see so people will pay a one-off fee and they can watch that video then as many times as they want so the three main different types of content we have been very video focused in like the last nine ten months since we launched we are bringing in the ability to do photos as well it's something that our creators wanted we put a poll on our twitter and instagram overwhelmingly creators told us that they wanted they wanted to be able to sell photos fed that into the product team and it's taken a couple of months to get there but the photo sets are going to be a thing in the next few weeks i think it is maybe give us a month or so and the photos will be available and we also have just launched mass messaging you can message everyone who follows you 
everyone who pays to subscribe to you or everyone in general and we'll be adding monetization to that so you can send a locked message so they'll get a nice blurred outline of whatever it is that you've uploaded and when they pay whatever price you set then they get to unlock that which creators have told us that's where a lot of their income comes from so we added that to make sure that they don't lose out when they move towards some other site yeah and that's i guess a good point i was about to jump in there and say to you well here's some of the stuff that i know on a personal level but you just kind of covered it and i think one of the benefits of what you just said there is that you are going out to the content creators themselves and actually asking hey how do you earn your income because what i was going to say and anybody else out there who's listening if you're interested i mean 80 percent of my content is probably photos 20 percent is probably video based content so definitely really photo heavy for for me 20 percent is is videos and out of those videos maybe i don't know five percent i do sell only through a pay-per-view and what happens there for me what i've noticed personally if you're thinking about starting this this is a really good piece of advice but rather than just posting the content to my wall and asking people and saying hey if you want to unlock this particularly if it's a free account or as you said on sin party followed account is that if you just post that and say this is going to be this amount of money let's call it 10 bucks you probably will only get maybe 10 percent of your actual followers buying that content whereas what i've found is through mass messaging and that monetization piece you might bump it up to sort of 20 to 30 percent of your followers are going to buy that content so the fact that you've you know realized that maybe it is a necessary thing on your site you've reached out to the content creators and then you're going to launch that that is really good for me because right now you know that makes me go oh okay great so if i did move over that's how i would kind of set my content the way that I do right now and kind of how how I know I get I guess the best bang for my buck if you want to say it that way we're all about listening to what creators like yourself need and what you want. Like, we don't claim to be experts. We have people who've worked in the sex industry and who've worked in the online sex industry with us, but every creator does things differently and creators want to see different things. So yeah, that's why yeah, adding photos, adding monetization to messages are like really big priorities when we did, we did a creator survey last year where we got a lot of that feedback as well. We've also updated our custom video requests. So on some other sites if somebody wants like a personalized customer request maybe they want to hear you call out their name in the middle of your video or they want to see you do some wear something in particular custom requests are getting very popular on these type on these content creation sites on a lot of sites there has to be a lot of trust either from the buyer or from the creator either the creator has to trust the buyer is going to pay once the video is made or the buyer has to pay up front and trust that the creator is going to make the content what we do at sim party is the buyer puts the custom request in once you negotiate where maybe they ask for something a bit more extreme than what you want, maybe they want you to use a sex toy that you don't have and you say, oh, I can do this one, I can't quite do that. Let you negotiate it. And then we take the payment from the buyer. You have 10 days to create the content. And then once you submit the video to the buyer, we pay out the money to you. So we kind of have that kind of escrow type facility, which gives you confidence that you're going to get paid as a creator. And we're updating that process at the moment. So we had some creators say we don't don't give enough chance to do a back and forth on the details so we've added that onto the system and that's going to be in the next month or so we're going to be having a better optimized custom requests mm, that's interesting i don't personally get a lot of custom requests actually but i have girlfriends who are on sites and they get a lot of custom requests and i know they they were talking to me about some of that backwards and forwards and like okay i want this and then they might say actually can you i, I want lingerie but you know i actually really want red lingerie and then the person might go well i don't have red lingerie so if you want red lingerie 
Andre, you're going to have to spend an extra $15 or whatever so I can go and get it. So I understand the need for that back and forth. Like I said, I don't personally have a lot of custom requests. I don't know why. I'd love to do more, but um, I do understand the need to kind of go backwards and forwards. <laughs> so to wrap this up, Joe, you mentioned before, if people move over to you, they're getting all of their money for the first three months after they make their first sale. Obviously, there's customer support involved here as well. But where can people find Sin Party or is there anything you want to leave us with? I'm definitely going to have all of the links here for the website and all of your social media accounts in the show notes today. But is there anything you want to leave us with about Sin Party or how people can interact with you? We just want Sin Party to be a place for people to come and have a good time. And that's from the creator perspective where you can come and express who you are and do what you want to do. And as a user as well, to come and find the type of creators that you're looking for. We have creators who do pretty much everything. And we've got a new updated search facility as well. So you can hopefully find what you're looking for. But yeah, simple about coming and having a good time, indulging in your fantasies, expressing your sex and your sexuality. So if that's the type of thing that you're into, which I think that's the type of people who listen to this podcast, then hopefully Sim Party is a place that you're going to enjoy. Absolutely. And thank you so much for that, Joe. And in fact, we do actually have one of your content creators coming up soon. So we're going to interview Graceful Grace. And she's actually a foot fetish content creator and has been doing it for a number of years really interesting conversation that I'm going to have with Grace in a moment. So please stick around and listen to that. But Joe, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on the episode. Cheers. Thanks. Catch you later. Enjoy Grace. She's amazing. All right, everybody, welcome back to the episode all about Sin Party and content creation for adult content creators. I'm actually on the line right now with Graceful Grace, who has been creating content since she was 18. So she has been in the content creator space now for three years, is based in the USA and produces content around the foot fetish community. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you doing? Really, really good. Thank you very much. Now, I know we both have dogs in the background, so we're going to do our best to kind of keep the audio as clean (laughs) as possible. Uh, so bear with us out there if you hear some kind of moving around in the background. But Grace, so a, a foot fetish creator, maybe some people out there listening may not really know what a foot fetish creator is. Can you maybe just give us a rundown on the things that you do or really just a general overview of what a foot fetish creator is? For sure. So basically, foot fetish models just cater to the kink or pure just fetish people have of feet. So just like any other part of the body that people may, I don't know, find themselves loving. For sure, I've just found that a lot of people out there are just really obsessed with feet, how they smell, how they look. It's just something about them that people really enjoy. Being a foot fetish uh, model for myself, you kind of just dab a little bit into everything. There's all different kinds of kinks that are with the kind of foot relation. So it can be the soles. People can be attracted to soles of feet, to toes, polishes, dirty feet, clean feet. It's just a whole bunch of things. Yeah, and I've seen elements of, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but giantism and things of that nature where people are kind of making themselves look larger and that's, you know, there are elements of that around the foot fetish side of it as well. So what we're going to talk about is really everything about content creation, the foot fetish side of it, how you produce your content, how you post your content, and I guess any kind of key elements or general gold star tidbits you want to leave our listeners with today. But 
I wanted to mention to everybody out there, if you're wondering how common this is, there are actually one in seven people have fantasized sexually about feet. Now, this was actually a research piece that was just put out in September the 13th this year. So fairly, fairly new. One in seven have fantasized sexually about feet. 5% classify themselves as having a fully fledged foot fetish. So that was really, really interesting. And what I also found intriguing was that a foot fetish apparently is a learned fetish, meaning people that they may graduate from becoming maybe fond of feet and then really developing an attraction towards feet. So, I mean, Grace, how how did you stumble upon creating this kind of content? What led you down this road? Do you yourself have a, a sexual or an interest in feet or was it just something that maybe somebody noticed on you and that's kind of how you, you grew from there? So like you said, most people, it's like a little bit of like an attraction maybe or an appreciation and then it kind of like spirals into a sexual sense of loving it in a more sexual manner. For me, I always, as a child, remember myself looking at other people's feet, looking at my feet, comparing them to people around me and just thinking, hmm, my feet are prettier than yours. I have really nice looking feet. Or if I saw someone else who had really nice looking feet, I'd be like, oh, they have really nice feet. But at that point, it wasn't a really sexual thing for me. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I want to stick your toe in my mouth. You know, I was a child. And then I think I kind of got introduced um, unknowingly into what a foot fetish actually was. From an early age, I had experienced sexual relationships. So my first sexual relationship, I was 13 and he had a thing for feet. I remember coming back from school one day and he wanted to suck my toes and I'm kind of a down person. I like experimenting. So I was like, okay, sure. And that was a little bit of my first peek into foot fetish and that people actually like feet. And have you had partners kind of since that individual that have been really into feet as well? Maybe all your partners or none or, you know, a combination or a few. Have you kind of carried that through into your, I guess, your sexual exploration today? No, actually, not really. Before I started, I got into a really long relationship from age 14 to 18 and he did not like feet. And when I started doing foot fetish content, he actually was completely against it. And yeah, he did not like me partaking in that. And obviously he's hit the road. So you're uh, doing (laughs) three three years on and you're still creating the content, which is great to hear. Exactly. It is really interesting. The study that I was reading earlier is actually conducted by Dr. Justin Lay Miller, who we've had on the podcast before. And I'm just curious if you knew these stats, Grace. I wanted to share them with you to see if you knew who the people are that have foot fetish and maybe if this relates or translates to maybe some of the people that subscribe to your contents. 18% of heterosexual men have identified as having a foot fetish. Five percent of heterosexual women, 21% of bisexual or gay men, and 11% bisexual and lesbian women. I thought it interesting that 18% heterosexual men, 21% bisexual gay men, and 11% bisexual lesbian women were kind of the biggest ones with heterosexual women being very low, only 5%. Do you think that kind of matches what you're seeing in your subscribers and people that are asking for custom content? Who would you say your average person is that you're helping with their foot fetish interest? Definitely the heterosexual women. Um, I have one female, maybe two on my platforms, like on my paid content pages. So definitely a low percentage there, but most I find are heterosexual men. The ages kind of vary, if I'm being honest, from like 20 to like 
50. So now let's talk about the type of content that you produce, Grace. So at the moment, you mentioned that you are semi new. This is your full time job in terms of content creation. What's some of the content that you kind of specialize in when you're out there producing either customs or your regular subscribed content? Most of the content would be like humiliation type content or JOIs. And a JOI is, for those of you who don't know, is jerk off instruction type videos. Those would be my main kind of content. Mm, that's really that's really interesting because I would have, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of it now, I can absolutely understand. But I guess with the, the photos versus videos element, you mentioned before that people do have interest in different parts of the foot, you know, whether it's the arch, whether it's the toes. I guess for my mind, I just like to fantasize that you're off just getting pedicures every every day and they're getting paid for by a <laughs> subscriber. That's kind of where my head's at. But yeah, obviously a little bit different. That too. happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about platforms that you're using. Obviously, I know that you're on Sin Party and fairly yes. fairly new platform. I know that they've been video-based content, but they're getting more into the photo-based content as well. Yes. What kind of drew you into working with Sin Party or maybe what are some of the downfalls or pitfalls of some of the platforms out there and I guess why you moved over to Sin Party? Sin Party actually reached out to me, I think, when they were first starting. I don't think they had many um, foot fetish creators on their platform. And Sin Party is definitely all inclusive. They want everyone to feel welcome. They want everyone to explore their kinks. They don't want any kink shaming. They want everybody to be able to be there for what they want. As far as other platforms have certain restrictions on what kind of content they allow. And Sin Party just wanted to be all inclusive. So that was really my first attraction to Sin Party. I decided to check them out. I wanted to see, you know, how their website was ran, benefits to their platform. Um, I have certain things that I kind of look for as far as uh, how well it works, you know, with posting content and how easy it is to use, basically. I don't want to be with a platform that is confusing to me or really hard to use, something I don't understand because even though I am young, I'm honestly not very tech savvy. So something that is easy to use for me is one of the main things that I look for. And Sin Party definitely delivered that. I love the way they look on their website, their all-inclusiveness, how easy they are to get a hold of when you have questions. And in fact, when I first signed up with them, they had sent out an email to every, I think it was every creator and maybe person that used the site as a non-creator for content purposes. And they just asked people what they wanted to see, what they didn't like about the site, what they can improve on. And I loved that because working with other platforms, I haven't had that experience where they actually want to know what their creators need or what um, the people, the subscribers want to see. Mm, okay. So that's really interesting. So it's more about for you, I guess, because you are creating fetish content, not maybe what people would classify as, I don't know, vanilla or standard content. You're kind of more in that fetish space. So having that inclusivity was really a, a big draw for you. Do you, ha I mean, you yourself, do you have other kinks and things of that nature that, you know, you're interested in? Maybe that's why you're a little bit more open to being on a really inclusive site? For me personally, I classify as kind of, I don't know, I'm like vanilla with a twist. I really don't know. I'm open to any and everything. Thing, but as far as it goes in my relationship, we are a little bit 
vanilla-y. So we do include feet in our in my relationship. My boyfriend, he was never like a foot fetish type of guy. He classifies himself as a me type of guy. So everything and anything about me, he loves, he's obsessed with. And that's kind of how that started. But I don't know. I really like the dominatrix realm. If I could dive more into that, I definitely would. I like being in control. And that's why a lot of my like humiliation videos are taught. That's mostly what I get is humiliation content submissive men if you will yeah i was gonna when you as soon as you said you like a bit of more of that dominatrix side of it i immediately went back to what you said before about humiliation and jerk off instructions you know having that kind of that more power shift dynamic mm-hmm. in people's relationships and i guess that the content so how how much of your content is custom-based content i mean do you do you get a lot of call for that like if you're on sin party do people come and say to you hey grace can you make this video xyz for me so sin party also another thing that drew me to them is they have not like other platforms, even really large platforms like OnlyFans, which is mainly what I used, but Sim Party has a custom, I want to say like button, like a tab. So people can order customs through there and you can like accept, deny, you can negotiate it. You can set your prices per minute. So you don't have to have conversations back and forth with, hey, this is what I charge per minute. And I don't know, just a, it kind of cuts out the large conversation. So a subscriber or a customer can come and they can order a custom from you through the little like custom area on their site. Really, they would have to describe it well of what they want. And then they would see the price and they would send it to you. You can accept, deny, negotiate what you will and won't do and prices. And that was a really big thing for me. I loved that they had that on their site because other sites don't have that. And you have to strictly communicate back and forth through messages and talking a lot. And also it's not really open unless you're doing from other places like Instagram or something and through messages, but OnlyFans, like my girlfriend, things like that, they don't have a button where you can solely do customs from. And I personally only allow customs through people who subscribe to me just because 95% of what I get is customs for my business. So Wow. Okay. So if you're getting 95% custom requests, I can see why that button means something to you. So I just went onto your page actually on Sin Party and I can see what you're talking about. If I click on the right hand side, I can do a custom request from you. So it seems to me that that's kind of a little bit more front of mind. And I get what you're saying with some other platforms. I guess if I didn't know that you were open to create custom content, I might just assume you're not. And then I might maybe, maybe I might send you a direct message or maybe I won't, but I see what you're saying Mm -hmm. here. It's kind of more highlighted. And I guess if your, if your content 95% is a huge amount of your content that is customs, I can see why that button kind of means something to you. It's really big for me. It was one of the reasons why I was drawn over to some party. It was a big, big factor for me. Maybe let's talk about some advice you might have for any other creators out there, whether they're thinking about getting into the foot fetish realm, whether they're thinking about getting into content creation in general do you have any i guess gold star advice from from yourself to them about how to even things like how to set pricing how to get on social media really anything that you might want to share that's been maybe something that you've been thinking about in the past kind of month or a couple of weeks the main thing i would say is don't compare yourself to other models you are your own person and content which you have i think it's a big thing for models who jump in and they're babies that's what i like to say they're baby models and they see all these other models who have been doing it for years and they kind of get intimidated and they don't see their fans rising or you know some people who like to i don't i don't really do it for the money i do it because i'm an attention whore but (laughs) 
<laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. But people who do do it for the money, there are out there. They kind of get discouraged a little bit and they see other models who are doing better or doing different content. Now I would say it's you versus you out here. That's how I like to look at it. I don't go and compare myself to other models, which is a big factor of why some models do leave really early. They see other models doing better than them. So they leave or if they're only doing it for the money, then they don't really enjoy it in the first place. I would also say be careful about the type of customers you have in the beginning. It is a lot of sugar daddy men who come to you and they're like, hey, I'm going to give you an allowance of this and this and this for this type of content. And it's not real, but it happens a lot, especially when you're a baby. They feed off of that. They feed off of you not knowing what um, a real customer is, like not knowing what somebody is going to spend money on your content versus somebody who's going to take advantage of you. And that's really big out there. So you just really need to be careful about who you're communicating with, what kind of clients you're taking in. I have actually received that scam of sugar daddies. I probably get maybe one a week, whether that's through my Snapchat or my Instagram, even though we're a podcaster, (laughs) you would be surprised at the number of people who send that to (laughs) us. So yeah, I'm fully aware of that scam myself. And absolutely, Grace couldn't agree more. If you do, I guess receive, it's it's almost like if you get something that seems too good to be true, because some of them are crazy. Like they don't even go small amounts of like a hundred a week. They're like, I'll give you 500 or a thousand week and it's like if it seems too good to be true it, it might be right it is it is 110 percent of the time if you think it's too good it is too good to be true and i guess that kind of goes back to time wasters you know one of the things that i think a lot of content creators spend their their time on is discussing with their clients what they're wanting price negotiations custom requests like all of that really takes a lot of time mm-hmm. so if you're spending a lot of time on social media or on your sites backwards and forwards with somebody you know that's kind of taking away your time from potentially selling something else. And so I, I, I understand also why this kind of custom request button means so much to you, but it yes. leads me on to one of my one of my other questions. When you're price negotiating, and I, I know on Sin Party, I can see that you can set kind of a, st- a minimum video length and you can set kind of a minimum price. And I'm, I'm sure you probably mm-hmm. go up and down depending on what the actual uh, custom request looks like. Yes. How would you deal with somebody? Say I, I wanted a five minute video and I wanted you in red lingerie and, you know, all these things I was saying, Grace, I want you to do X, Y, Z. And then, you know, the price was say, I don't know, $50. And I said, you know what, how about I'll just give you 20. What would you advice would you give to people on how to, you know, talk to me as a customer when I'm trying to negotiate on your prices, but still staying firm to your own kind of set of standards, but then also still trying to get the sale. Do you have any advice for people out there who are dealing with that? For me, since I've been doing it for so long, and this is my full-time job, I mean, I have like two point something million views on Pornhub. I make over a hundred grand a year. Like it's a really big thing for me. Customs are, like I said before, one of the main things. So for me, I know my worth. I know my pricing specifically. So for me, I'm not going to negotiate with someone if they are trying to lowball me. Um, I'll just be like, well, get a shorter video. You know, if you can only spend this much, just get a shorter video. If you're starting out, I would say maybe I started out with $5 per minute on a normal video. So a normal video for me would be no talking, usually just like feet play like lotion or something along those lines. If it's something like a larger video or more inclusive with things like a JOI, the jerk off instructions. I charge a $10 fee on top of the regular price for the per minute. So now my per minute price is six per minute. And then if it's a five minute video, so six per minute and then $10 on top of that's like $40. 
that's how I price my videos and my photos. I price them at $5 per picture. Right. And so for you, I guess, like you said, you're not negotiating right now, but if you are mm-hmm. first starting out, rather than just shutting them down, you could, like what you said, maybe offer a, a less minute video, you know, a shorter video, offer something that's not so specific. If they want you in red lingerie, say, I'm just going to be wearing whatever I'm wearing at the time, or I'm not going to show my boobs or, you know, no nudity, exactly. those sorts of things. So it is great advice because we do see in the industry, a lot of people price negotiating. And I think that come 2023, that's, and and as we sort of, you know, as a society kind of go through some financial struggles, I think that's going to be more and more prevalent as people kind of negotiating on price. Mm -hmm. And I know down to the model, it really does depend on whether or not you can, like what you're saying is kind of stick to your guns versus maybe if you knew you might try to be a little bit more flexible. So totally get that. Thanks for the advice. Yes. And the only reason why I say I really just stick to my guns is because I kind of make my pricing for like the average um, so if you go on my sin party or other platforms, I have a $10 fee for a month. And for me, that's not a lot considering some models do like 35 a month to access all of their content. And some models do $10 per minute versus the five per minute. So you kind of just have to see, I would say if you're a beginning model, you need to realize what content you're putting out. That is really important. You may not have the best phone to take a video on or cameras or lighting or, you know, little mics that pick up the sound. You need to really evaluate your content and what you're producing and price your stuff based off of that, especially if you're a new creator, because somebody who's paying, you know, a premium price isn't going to pay a premium price for low quality content, if that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I know, you know, a lot of the time when we talk about people in the adult industry, we say, hey, you can start this. You don't need any, you don't need a lot of money and you can kind of just use your phone. That is true. But like you just said, Grace, there's Mm -hmm. a difference between somebody who's content creating with their phone and someone who's content creating with 4K cameras and there's three of them in the room with microphones, et cetera. You know, it is a bit of a different ballpark. And I guess it goes back to what you said before. You can't really compare yourself to other models, whether that's be through Mm -hmm. envy or through things like pricing structures and stuff like that, because I guess everybody's just so different. Exactly. Yeah. It's more of like an evaluation, you know, you just take what you have to offer and then you build it from there. It's you versus you the whole time. I just want to leave something with everybody before we get ready to close up here. But you said you were at the beginning before we even hit record, you talked about this like 12 days of Christmas kind of Christmas advent kind of stuff. And I, I'm, oh. yeah, I'm just curious, where do you, where do you get your eyes ideas from Grace? Like, you know, you, are you buying a lot of different lingerie all the time? Are you getting all these different colors on your toes? Like, is this a, a really creative <laughs> process for you? And how does that kind of all come about? It is. Um, for for me, it's super creative. It's it's fun. I am a shopaholic. I'm just going to put it lightly. I <laughs> I am a shopping connoisseur. And especially when it comes to lingerie, if I see something I like on a shelf, I'm immediately envisioning what I can do with that. What type of content am I going to create? You know, what type of setting? I think I've redone my office multiple, multiple times. My backgrounds, everything, just because I'm always flooded with fresh ideas. And I have spent so much time and effort into the content that I create, especially for that. The advent calendar was a big thing for me this year. Doing this is not for, you know, the faint-hearted. It is super, super mentally exhausting. And it's just because you are talking with so many people all of the time and everyone wants, wants, wants and wants and wants and wants from you, but they don't realize that you have thousands of other people wanting the exact same thing and you're trying to, you know, 
have your time here and there. The advent calendar was something I wanted to do for my fans as like a mini gift every single day that you can open and you get something new and it's exciting and you don't have to badger me for customs 24 seven because you're getting, you know, like JOIs, CEIs, which is come eating instructions. You're getting denial videos. You're getting ignore videos. You're crushing videos. I kind of just came upon the idea of the event calendar because I really like makeup in YouTube and I was watching some YouTube advent makeup calendars and I was like, hey, I can do that, but I can do it in my way for my fans. Yeah, I really love it. I thought it was a great idea that you had and something that's kind of fresh to the month. And I guess during the holiday season too, some people get very lonely. So I think that having something that people can Mm -hmm. kind of look forward to every day, you know, not only kind of satisfies that fetish, but maybe helps people to feel a little bit more involved. So I all round, Grace, I just think it's such a great idea. As we lead out of this episode, if you are interested in seeing some of Graceful Grace's content, please do check the show notes. We're going to have her link and bio links in there as well, of course, as her Sin Party profile there. So if you are one of the one in seven people that is interested in feet, Graceful Grace definitely would love to see you head over to some of her platforms. But Grace, let me get you out of the shoebox. Let me help you. <laughs> oh, is that a, is that one of your like favorite taglines? I love that. Yes, that is my tagline. First, a lot of people came to me, hey, I really like feet, but nobody knows, you know, I'm having troubles in my relationship. Nobody knows I like feet. So I come to you, you know, to get that little like urge out. But I try to encourage people, you know, let your partner know. For the most part, I think people would be accepting of that. Amen to that. I mean, communication is really what we're all about on this podcast anyway, communicating with your partner, with yourself. So I love that. Get out of the shoebox and (laughs) head over to your content if you're interested in seeing more of that foot-based content. But thank you so much, Grace, for your time today. Really, really appreciate your openness, willing to discuss the fetish, willing to discuss what you create. Thank you very much for leading the trend and being out there on social media and telling people that their fetish is okay and it is quite normal and it's nothing to be ashamed of. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Well, guys, I hope that you really enjoyed those two interviews about adult content creation. One, of course, from the perspective of Sin Party, who are a new platform out there, and then one from a fetish content creator. So it's always really interesting to me to find out and explore all facets of sex positivity, and that's certainly something we try to do on the podcast here. And bringing some of this adult content creation into our episodes is something that I think is relevant, particularly as more and more people are joining the online adult content creation space and coming into 2023, they're definitely suggesting that this trend is going to continue. But over to a little bit about me. At the beginning of the episode, I kind of teased you with where you can find me and a little bit about what's been happening with me on a personal level. So here we go with my little stories. Firstly, I have been operating a secret podcast. Now, if you are actually a Patreon supporter of ours, you would already know this because we did tease this and we shared some of the episodes before we even published them. But myself, under the pseudonym of Aussie Kate has been publishing podcast episodes with my girlfriend, Mrs. Milford, which is, of course, Mallory from the Casual Swinger podcast. That podcast is a completely separate podcast to this one. And if you want to go and listen to it, I won't be mentioning it here ever again on the Wanderlust podcast, but it is called the Hot Wife Diaries podcast. So that's a completely separate podcast that we publish, basically talking about our hot wifing stories, but really with a focus on content creation as well. And the reason I go under the pseudonym of Aussie Kate is because that is where I have been 
publishing and producing content. Now, if you have been listening to us for a number of years, you may remember that I dabbled in adult content creation about two and a half years ago. And the reason I'm saying dabbled as opposed to, you know, really considered it professionally is because let me just tell you this straight away, just so there's no misunderstanding here. Sex work is work. We know that it's obvious. Okay, that's fine. Let's move on. But it is a lot of work. I think there is so much misunderstanding out there and misperception that sex work, online sex work, or any kind of sex work for that matter, is something that's just easy. You know, there's jokes online, like I'm just going to put my feet up and I'm going to make all this money. You know, you see it on TikTok all the time, like times are tough, better start putting my feet up. And honestly, it's it's just not the case. Now, don't get me wrong. I have girlfriends who are making fifty dollars to $70,000 a month. I have girlfriends that are actually doing that. I know that they're making that money. That is real money. But it's also 16 plus hour days and it is the constant grind. That is tremendous money. Those people are one in a million content creators that are on these sites. You know, it's not something that is one easy and it's not something that can just happen overnight too. You really, really have to work at it and you have to be savvy. It's not as simple as just putting your feet up, like I said, or putting some titty pictures on Twitter and then all of a sudden you're making bank. That's just not the case at all. So that aside, I want to talk about my experience content creating. So as I said, a couple of years ago, I dabbled. I kind of went into this and I was really excited. It was more about exploring my exhibitionist side. And actually, that's the reason I continue to do it today. But I shut it down because of the fact that we were going through a lot. I was going through a lot with all of the cancellations in COVID and Libertine events and just all of that stress. And it just got to the point where it stopped being fun for me. I wanted to explore and I wanted to put my exhibitionist side out there, but it started to really feel like I was not holding up my end of the bargain. And so that's one of the reasons why a couple of years ago, I actually shut it down. My focus was really on Libertine events. We spent tens of thousands of dollars doing cancellations with legal fees and the whole thing. And it just got to the point where I wasn't having fun anymore. And that was one of the main reasons of doing it. So I shut it down. Now, I recently relaunched a couple of months ago and I did kind of a soft launch and then I kind of got a little bit more into it. And one of the reasons that I do create content is, again, because of that exhibitionist side, you know, I really, really enjoy that. It's something that I get off on. But am I going to be one of my girlfriends who are making 50000 to $70,000 a month? Absolutely not. And the reason behind that purely is a work effort and the reason that I'm doing it. So many people out there do content creation for various reasons. Some, it is their primary employment. It's the way that they earn money every month to pay their rent, pay their bills and, you know, send their kids to college. That's absolutely one reason that people make it. The other reason is because they might enjoy content creation. Some people might be exhibitionists. Some people do it because their partners really like it and they kind of, you know, want their partner to get off. So there's various reasons that people create content and all of them are valid, I would say. For me, it is about that exhibitionist side. So I started creating content and I've really approached it in a very different way this time. I've approached it from the perspective of it is something fun and an out, a creative outlet for me. You know, I really enjoy seeing how I can create stuff and seeing what I can create and really getting dressed up sometimes and doing all of that and getting dressed up in the lingerie and producing photos and all of that sort of stuff. So that's the reason I've continued to do it. But I will say again, personal stories, it's not easy. It is quite difficult. And what I've found is that kind of 30% of people who come into your channel or your subscriptions or whatever, depending on the site that you're on, will depart that month. So if you have a really high month where you've got, I don't know, like 100 subscribers, you can expect that you're probably going to lose 30 of them this month and therefore you need to replace them for next month if you want to continue at that same level. If you don't, you're going to just continue to slide. So it is really like ice skating uphill in that way that you constantly have to be doing stuff. And again, that's why I go back to it's not easy, right? But is it a creative outlet? Absolutely. And so if you're thinking about creating adult content, one of the things that I would like to suggest is think about your why. You know, is it for an income? If that's the case, you really need to consider it like an income. It's a job. 
job. You need to get out there. You need to do your eight hours, probably more, more like 10 hours a day to create content for the actual site, create social media posting. You've got your funnels to bring people in. You've got your industry collaborations. There's so much in this, right? So it's the really, it's the why you're doing it. If you're not too fussed about replacing your income or paying your bills with it, maybe it's just something fun on the side. You might want to earn $500. You might want to earn $1,000. Then, hey, that's definitely another valid reason. So think about why you might want to create content. And then of course, the kind of content that you want to create out there. Are you going to be creating content with your face in it, not your face in it, fetish-based content? There's so much out there. So from a personal perspective, I'm really still enjoying it. It's definitely fulfilling that exhibitionist side of me. It kind of also fulfills a little bit of the hot wifing side as well from Daryl's perspective. And so at the moment, we're really enjoying it, but for different reasons. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I Again, I hope that you enjoyed this episode from the platform's perspective, from a fetish content creator perspective, and then my personal story thrown in there at the end too. Thank you very much for listening to us at the Wanderlust Swingers podcast. I'm actually coming to you from a houseboat right now because we are in the process of moving uh, five times in three months now, which is a little bit insane, but we will still be producing episodes, traveling around and doing all different things. So please send coffee, send help, send your love, and please drop us a review on your podcast platform. We haven't had one in a while and I would absolutely love to read one out on the next episode. So until then, guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.